just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, you. Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin. I'm here with Meals, Meals, Arigato. Aloha. I love that. I don't love know. that. Whatever. Instagram's <laughs> down. Instagram's been down all day. Uh, what, do, what do we do? What do I do with my spare time? Uh, you know. What do I do? Learn. I mean, not that, I don't get like, Go outside. I mean, I've been outside. It's not that great. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's kind of overrated. I'm not even going to hold you. Um, and it's not even that warm or anything to go outside. Maybe it is where you're from, but not where I'm from. <laughs> um, but Instagram's down. I mean, Facebook might as well have been down for eight years. Like, it's uh, it's very inconsequential to the way I live my life. But Instagram's a little bit different. Instagram is a key time waster for me. And I've it's been super productive today. Yeah, I've been super productive today because this thing has been down, man. Like, it's ridiculous. It's actually ridiculous. I'm very not happy with Instagram being down. So <laughs> that is how I feel today. Uh, yeah, it sucked, especially when you work in like uh, heavily in, uh, in 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 social media. It's definitely terrible. I had to work a lot of shit on Twitter today, but uh, very, very, very. There are a ton of flat belly tees going on. So <laughs> uh, I told Instagram. my. I told my friend that they sh- that people who do that should just consider today a day off. Yeah, why not? You know what? The bag never takes a day off. How about that? <laughs> the bag can always be found somewhere. How about that? Just... Uh, you know, you know what hasn't taken a day off is uh, Mark Madness. This is this is again very surprised, very humbled by the support of Mark Madness. And its second week, I mean, we're we're still pulling, we're still pulling numbers, man. People are really, really resonating with this, and I have to thank everybody for for uh, voting. You know what? First time I might have been humbled, but now I think we got to talk some shit because I mean, <laughs> this has just been the the greatest tournament on Twitter currently, and. <laughs> I mean, we're we're doing big things here, and you know, shout out to everybody else who's doing their March Madness. So we got the Rassel Rap One who's doing entrances. Shout out to the people at you know, um, Barber's Chair, Barber's Chair, doing the damn thing with black professional wrestlers. Um, but you know, best of the decade is the best of the decade, and we really come down to the wire here, and and we have a very interesting group of results that we've got going on. I think we should just start going over them. Yeah, let's do it. Um, round two, one of the hottest matches that that we had on round two. First up, this is the this is the upset of the <laughs> this is the upset of the we got two upsets of the tournament here. Uh, first matchup, CM Punk versus Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho won by sixty two percent. 
Listen, 62% to 38%. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. Chris Jericho is someone who's been just, once again, omnipresent. And sorry if you can hear something in the background. I have no idea what they're doing outside. But it's um, just omnipresent in the back, uh, in, in just professional wrestling entirely. And in WWE. I mean, CM Punk, great first four years of the decade. Probably one of the best. And maybe if he continued throughout the entire decade, probably would be a finals contender easily. I think the list put Jericho over the top. Yeah. It revived him. It really gave him like a second or third life, to be honest with you. Um, and, and you know, I'm not mad at it. Chris Jericho deserves to win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next match, Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins. 81%. This is, this just, they blew him out the water. 81% for Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton. You know what, man? Again, I'm not mad at Rollins winning. I'm mad at the margin of which of Rollins won. I do think this was a little bit skewed by people's just general opinions on Randy Orton as a person, I think. I think we're completely underestimating. As much as, you know, Randy Orton is great, I think we're underestimating the love that people have for Seth Rollins. Because I, and I get that, but I, I think that Randy He's Orton, blown out his first two opponents out of the water. He's won yeah. the, the first round. He beat Alexa Bliss. He was eighty-five percent to fifteen percent. Second, thirteen-time champion Randy Orton, guy who's talking his talk on SmackDown this week, beat him by a margin of what, like sixty percent? Like yeah. it's it's ridiculous at this point. Like, I, but I think people need to put a little bit more respect on Randy's name, man. For real, I've always been a Randy Orton fan. Listen, 19% of people put respect on Randy Orton's name. <laughs> 19% of all people will put respect on Randy Orton's name. Um, and that's a statistic I'm perfectly fine with, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, the next matchup was John Cena versus AJ Styles. A little uh, closer. A little closer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, John Cena, this is actually a real matchup. That they, that's actually happened. Uh, and once again, John Cena comes out on top uh, 60% to 40% over AJ Styles. Again, an- another another one that I'm not too mad at. Uh, we're we're entering AJ's fourth year as uh, in the WWE. Um, you know, he's done amazing things. He's he's grabbed almost every single belt except the Intercontinental and the US belt. Or no, no, the Intercontinental and the tag belts, right? He, that's the only two that's one, right? Yes. So um, you know, he's t- tremendous four years for him already two-time wwe champion but john cena he he closed in on 16 this, john uh, cena's this john cena that's really yeah. it john cena's john <laughs> cena and yeah. it'll be surprising if he makes it to the finals once again considering i mean that'll be he's a he's a contender for i mean john cena to me in terms of last decade one of the best arguably the superstar of the decade last decade in my opinion <clears throat> it's between him and triple h and you know what's uh, crazy he got better this decade like he got better he had some I crazy mean, matches in 2016 <laughs> well everyone hated him in the last decade and i'd say at some points rightfully so because i still don't think he fully had ring psychology down as much as we all think he did for a, a bulk of his early career but he really turned the corner in 2010 and i think he really turned the corner after like being suplexed out of his pants by brock lesnar <laughs> and he really turned the corner that kind of you know made him he's just a figure he's just john cena now he's really a legend in its own right and i think people give him the respect for that absolutely uh next matchup this is this is father versus son also <laughs> low-key uh uh triple h versus kevin owens uh triple h narrowly 
beats Kevin Owens 52% to 52% to 48%. This is one of the hottest uh rounds or, or matches in this whole round, yeah. I, I think. It's um, one of the closest for sure. Yeah. Kevin Owens, Universal Champion, uh Intercontinental Champion, US Champion. Once again, another guy who hasn't won the tag champs yet. Uh just a tremendous 10 year or, or decade for him. And he just he just came in in 2015. Right. I mean He's uh, he's incredible. He's been incredible for the latter half of this decade. Triple H has also been. I mean, Triple H really in this decade, as good as he was last decade. And don't get me wrong, he was great. He was on top all the. It seems like he's turned the corner and kind of like he kind of. I don't want to say he got better, but he's aged better in the ring than yeah. most people. He knows who, the spots. Right, right. He he's aged better in the ring. He's aged better on the mic. He kind of he's not someone who's trying to figure out what does he do in this like in his late forties or going into early fifties. He's someone who kind of knows, and that's that's kind of that puts him really above the rest in terms of just really this veteran class of people from the nineties still wrestling. I mean, look at the look at the the matches he's had uh, versus um, Sting. And then you got versus Seth Rollins. Seth versus Rollins, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Roman Bryan, Reigns. Reigns yep. um, he's faced them more than that, more than a couple people in this decade. CM Punk, Dean a lot of different people. Dean Ambrose. Dean um, Ambrose. Brock Lesnar. Just his, you know, and, and, and not a lot of those, and not a lot of those matches he came out on top on. So, right. it, you know, it, it, it you know, it, it means a lot. You know that that it, it uh, and we're not going to talk about the Undertaker matches, but it means a lot that. <laughs> That it, that he's the, you know he's still at, at the top of his game in front of the camera and behind the camera. I think a lot of a lot of this of his love is also predicated on the fact that you know he is kind of like the mastermind of, of NXT. He and his team there have have done a lot, and uh, it's not surprising that people think so highly of him now this decade. No, it's not surprising at all. Uh, this next one, Mills. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, you knew it was going to happen. I mean, it. it I I was surprised that the Miz even got out the first round. So I'm this is a victory <laughs> for me. This is a victory for all of us who are just uh, supporters, but not enough of a victory. Uh the, the Miz versus Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan beat the Miz by 72%. Uh I, I just think honestly, Daniel's my dark horse to win it all. And and that is over, that's even over Roman. I just think Daniel Bryan to me, honestly, and I'll you say he personified the decade. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's the. I think he is the the best wrestler in the world. I think he is. When it's said and done, at the end of this decade, he's probably going to be my my best, my my number one uh, top wrestler of all time. I'm just going to say it right now. He, like oh, wow. the, run, the run he's on right now, and the run he was on in 2014, that's two runs that he's had where he's just at the top of his game and having great matches with everybody. If yeah. he can, if he can stick the landing with this Kofi thing and make Kofi look like the biggest star on earth, can you argue it? I don't think you can argue it. Right. At all. I think he's no, the best can. of all time. I think he's the best in the world right now. And he's the best of all time. Daniel Bryan. He, he absolutely deserves this. All right. Next matchup, Roman Reigns versus Oscar. <sighs> this one hurts me. It hurts the big dog here. And not the not not Roman me the big dog. Uh, oh. Roman Reigns wins seventy one percent. You know, Oscar undefeated streak. That goes without saying that that puts her on the list of probably the top three greatest WWE women of all time. Uh, but it's Roman Reigns. 
Yeah, I mean, it's Roman Reigns' time, and he's got a lot of momentum just in right now and just really in the attention of people. I think if this was a year ago, he might have not have gone this way, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, Roman Reigns, here we are, man. Uh, next matchup, Rey Mysterio versus Sasha Banks. This is actually an interesting matchup here, just, just of students of Eddie Guerrero, and, 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 you know, one in the in the physical and one in just the inspiration. Uh but Sasha Banks narrowly <laughs> edging out Rey Mysterio, 53% to 47. I mean, is it safe to say, I mean, judging by this tournament, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's by this tournament, but Sasha is the last woman standing in this tournament. Um, and I'll, she, go ahead. I'll go ahead and say, um, as far as influence, as far as just everything, even in ring, like she, she is the best woman of the decade to me. I'll say it. Really? You know, I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll say it's her. Then I'll say, and I'll say it's her and Oscar, and then Charlotte. Nah, I'll say it's definitely Charlotte. I mean, I feel like Charlotte is. Charlotte has. I mean, Sasha Banks is good. Sasha Banks she's, is great. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta bring Brooklyn into that. I one hundred percent bring Brooklyn into it, but also it's like Charlotte Flair has the ability to make a match feel bigger than it is. And that's something that you don't, you don't get that big time, big match feel all the time from Sasha Banks. Um, Even against like a Ronda Rousey, just the difference in sort of magnitude. I'm going to factor that in, but I do believe Sasha Banks definitely top three of the decade easily. Yeah, for sure. She Um, beat Rey Mysterio. She's the last woman standing in this tournament. Shout out to Sasha Banks. For sure. Uh, I mean, hey, last woman standing. I, I I say her and Asuka are probably my top two of, of the decade. Uh, next match, oh boy. I, I me and Mills had a conversation about this this last matchup earlier today, and I was like, how are we even how do we even judge this one? We're gonna judge it based on what Twitter tells us, and not based on the numbers. But uh, no, it's it's legitimately. I think it's legitimately based on the numbers. I don't want to say that it's just Twitter as just its algorithm. I do think it's based on the numbers. It's just a situation where both numbers round the 50% of the vote. Like it doesn't skew one way. It doesn't skew other way. And maybe that's a problem on Twitter's behalf. Yeah. Um, but we seemingly had a tie for the last spot. Um, yeah. 50%. It, 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 and the thing is Brock has had two, uh, literally two matches that, had 50% margins on them. Yeah. And it, it was, it's like insane. So, um, yeah, Finn Balor over Brock Lesnar. Uh, is there any way, is there anything that you can kind of like think of that, that, you know, that could kind of explain this? So in this sort of sense, there is, um, it's, it's less than a 1% margin. It's, it's less than a 1% margin. So what I kind of did and I use my math skills, um, 1% of 369 votes, that is 3.69. That means it has to be less than that. So it's definitely around three, it's around three or two votes that kind of um, skewed the way of Finn Balor. Three, two, or one, it doesn't matter. Um, it, but it's definitely out of the 369 votes, between one and three votes decided at all. Yeah. Um, so it could be definitely a three a, a, a three vote margin. It could be three votes that literally swung this in the in the way of Finn Balor. But Finn Balor ultimately wins. I'm going to say this just because. So yeah, uh, 
we had a lot of technical difficulties on this episode. And I think we we'll actually talk about it in the next segment here that's going to show up again. But uh, to be clear, a whole 30 minutes of me and Mills' conversation on this, on this episode was cut off uh, after the Mark Madness segment. We missed out on a whole Dave Meltzer meltdown I did. What else did I say? Uh, Harlem Heat stuff. Uh, let's just kind of break down everything, Mills, just so that we can like move, advance the show. <laughs> right? It's very, it's very late. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, it's very, very, very late. Uh, so yes. Uh, wow, we're we're very flabbergasted here. No, this is this is like in real time too. Uh, no holds barred for this week. Harlem Heat is going to the Hall of Fame. Booker T is going to be a two-time entrant. Uh, Mills, we're very excited about this, correct? I'm very excited. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's hard to think excitement for the second time. But, <laughs> um, but hey, listen, if it's for Booker T, I can do a second time. Booker T, Harlem Heat, one of the greatest things. I think we talked about in the previous segment of, like, are they called Harlem Heat because Houston wasn't tough enough? Um I was a, I thought that they were really from New York. So it was a Santa Claus isn't real moment when I found out that they weren't. <laughs> but you know what, Harlem, I mean, Harlem, New York, MetLife Stadium. Um, the, let's just make sure, you know, just don't send just don't send Harlem heat to Harlem in 2019. How about that? Uh, also, also shout out to uh, to Wale Mania that will also be taking place in New York uh, that same week. Shout out to Kaz, Emilio, and Wale, uh, as well as uh, Leo Rush, Booker T, who was who was going into Hall of Fame, uh, Shane Strickland, Kenny King, Moose, uh, Alexis Littlefoot. What's going on? Uh, everybody that, that's going to show up to Wale Mania. Um, we also one thing that did bother me about the Harlem Heat thing, uh, and I, I talked about this at length. I'm a little less mad now. Is that you know. Dave Meltzer and the bubble of wrestling journalism, like wrestling journalism has to define itself as something else. And it can't be under Dave Meltzer. Like we need a wrestling journalist that people can go towards. And Dave Meltzer can't be that anymore. He's an old white guy. His, his fits are trash. He looks like his breath stinks. He's got to go. And, and I'm going to keep saying this until he is gone. So, yeah, fuck that. Fuck him. And fuck what he said about Roman this week. Trust us. It was a lot more articulate and a lot more profound. And there was a lot more F-bombs that we had for Dave Meltzer. I, I actually think he's getting off pretty easy because of this edit. But yeah. um, it's... Uh, yeah, I said a lot. You said a lot. But, you know, there's there are plenty of other weeks I think will, will happen. So, but everyone shares the same sentiment. Nia Jack shares the same sentiment, especially for someone who's trying to, you know, you're a pro wrestling journalist who not doing your research and trying to diagnose a man and let him know what his own disease is, even though he's the, own per- the person who's gone through it himself. So a big fuck you to Dave Meltzer. Just had to say that for myself. Um, but yes, it's a, what a situation that we have going on. Terrible situation. Uh, yeah, fuck you, bro. Fuck you. Fuck Alvarez. Fuck Keller. All of them. They got to go. Fuck them. Um, uh, we all, we've got into Raw. I think we're going to end right at the Finn segment. Uh, but Raw and SmackDown did advance a couple of stories. We did talk about I mean, Fastlane. We, we talked about Fastlane. So yes. um, in terms of Fastlane, I thought we both thought it was a great pay-per-view. One um, of my favorites. One of my favorites. Really loved it. Um, we thought it was a great pay-per-view, big moments. You had Shane McMahon turning on The Miz. I don't think anyone could have saw that coming out of nowhere. I think everyone thought it was going to be the other way around. Um, we had 
a, a fantastic impromptu triple threat match for the WWE Championship between Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, and Mustafa Ali. And it's it's really, I mean, Mustafa Ali is just the perfect person to put in that match mm-hmm. um, because of his win over Daniel Bryan a few weeks ago. Perfect person in terms of a genuine underdog that people can kind of get behind. Um, fantastic. Um, Oscar defeats Mandy Rose in a mm, eh, match. My least favorite match of the night. Um, also, Bailey and Sasha Banks retained the Women's Tag Team Championships against Nia Jackson and Tamina. And also another one. Um, I had a long actual discussion about tag team. I'm, I'll talk about it next week. I just don't have the time to talk about it now. Yeah, for um, sure. Uh, we'll definitely talk about it next week in terms of women's tag team wrestling because I do feel like it's something that's kind of getting it. We're, we're still getting off. We're still getting to the races with this thing. We're still building it and still trying to define this genre of wrestling. Um, It is a new genre of wrestling that's kind of thing. And it's not that women haven't tag team before, but it's kind of something that the audience, the wrestlers themselves, and everybody, the entire industry kind of has to get used to and start to incorporate if we're really going to make this thing work. So. We'll talk about more about the women's tag team championships, especially, you know, it seems like the next challengers up to the bat are Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Um, or at this point, Natalia and Beth Phoenix, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, who, who, who the fuck knows? I, I, I do think that they're, they're giving a lot. They're giving so much to, to this that it's kind of taking away from other programs. And I will talk about the Oscar program a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but moving straight on to Raw, Again, it, it is moving storylines forward. You had an appearance from Shelton Benjamin and Seth Rollins. Uh, they, they had a match together. Uh, so you're, you're already seeing that, that they're full steam ahead on, on Brock and Seth. A lot of people were very concerned they might insert Roman into that for some strange reason. But it seems that this is the program, and I'm glad that they're, they're sticking with it and they're going to they're gonna heat it up. I, I'm very glad Seth is back on TV wrestling again because, it, it, you know, Raw sorely needed her, you know, his uh, – his talent on there because there wasn't a lot of him in the, in the coming weeks. And uh, I guess the, the next biggest part of the, the show and the actual show that we're talking on is the Finn Balor IC title situation. And uh, Mills, you do ask me uh, how I felt about it. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I genuinely want to know your reaction. I still kind of want to, as a fan. So here's the thing. There's a difference. I feel like just as wrestling fans, and I've said this before, we've all had this conversation before that you kind of lose the art of like being a kid and actually being a fan. And we turn into an analyst way too much. I just want to know your genuine reaction about this Finn Balor thing. I know what you think about it from an angle point of view. I know what you think about it. Oh man, the story and this is fantastic. Just feel, man, come on. It's, it's Finn Balor. He lost the Intercontinental Championship in one month, lost it back to Bobby Lashley. And uh, well, as the story say, works. The story works. Whatever. The story and, works. And don't spoil it. But as you, as you can see, I know that there are like people are like nibbling at their fingernails right now. I will. I do say how I feel about it uh, in this next segment. Thank you guys for listening to the show. It is, we are literally doing this in five minutes of thirty right, minutes we, condensed into five minutes. This is true. We've so we've done the show already, and now we're kind of <laughs> um, talking about it again, but. You know, please don't hold us against us. Yeah, um, we're we're talking from the future. We're talking essentially. <laughs> this happens all after we've recorded this show. I've said happy Rusev Day. At this point, my laptop is supposed to be closed. <laughs> Rusev Day has said, but we are doing this from the future. Um, I would like to every. I would like. 
talking about the past, I would like to everyone to know there's a great Kofi Kingston segment coming up. Yes, <laughs> we were talking really a lot of we we're talking a lot about a lot of different things. So you know, just just stay tuned. I mean, we'll get back to your regularly scheduled program as soon as we get back to the regularly scheduled program. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, um, everything was down this week, like Facebook, Instagram, everything was Google, everything. Was everything. Down. Well, Instagram is kind of back up, but this, I guess it, it, it's it's contagious this week. Yes, absolutely. Technology is very contagious. Uh, we're not going to say thank you for listening because we're going to say that in 30 minutes, but uh, thank you guys for, for sticking with us on this technical difficulty. If you're wondering why the show is so short this week, this this is why. Uh, so let's hear about why I'm not very uh, worried about this Finn Balor program. The only finish that I have been upset with is the finish that literally just cut off at least five minutes of our show due to technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, you know, well, listen, <laughs> we, trust us. We had very cool, very great things to say about this Mills- Bobby Lashley. Mills tried to needle me into being upset about Finn Balor. I mean, you should be upset as a fan, as a fan. Come on, you should be upset. I'm not upset. The the thriller, listen, the thriller's in the chase. The thriller, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, I think I think that I said that I I do you 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 intimated that uh, Leo Bobby is the, is a program and I and I agree I do think that is a program but I do also think that they're going to throw a curveball and, and make it Finn versus Bobby versus Leo and have Finn pin Bobby finally because I do I I never felt right with Finn winning that off of Leo I, that's not very babyface to me I what think if he, Leo wins it off of Bobby mm. that's not going to happen uh, I think because the belt is bigger than him. <laughs> Damn! Don't hurt oh, me! At, don't hurt me! Uh, don't hurt me at the Wally Mania, bro. I didn't really mean that. That's your fault. This is actually better than what we recorded before, <laughs> bro. Uh, sorry. Um, we also t- we also before we cut off, we touched on Batista at Triple H. We we did agree that he doesn't always cut the best promos, but he does speak from the heart. And well, I yeah, do. I'll say this. I you know, and I'll just repeat a little bit of what I said. I do believe he speaks from the heart, and I do believe he's someone who you know it's kind of a genuine verbiage when it comes out of his mouth. And what comes out of his mouth may always not be the best thing. Not everyone's a great public speaker, by the way. Just not everyone is. I mean, in the WWE, I guess you're supposed to be at this point. But even in WWE, not a lot of people are. Um, Dave Batista, I believe the things that he says. I believe in the in just the aura and the presence of Dave Batista. Hearing that he, theme, hearing that theme, I popped. Oh yeah, For, and and then him coming out with the security and all that other stuff. He's got the atmosphere down. He's got the Hollywood Batista. Hollywood Rock is one of my favorite things. It was just one of my favorite eras of the Rock. It might be my favorite era of the Rock. Hollywood Batista's up there, and if he and if and he says. You know, I was hoping for a run. He says, if I'm going to go out on my final match, which this is his final match. I don't think it's going to be his final match. I hope not. But he says it's his final match. He says, I want to beat Triple H, even though I beat him multiple times before in my lifetime. Actually, every time before I've beaten him. That's what he said. I don't know. He's, he's Dave Batista. What am I going to tell him to do? He's a Hollywood star. He's guardian of the independence. What did Triple H say? <laughs> I, I thought it was a great promo. I thought it was great. Oh, yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was great back and forth. It's simple. You got Triple H with the with the leather jacket, which no, from there on, you know he means business. Yeah. Uh, and, and Dave Batista just looks incredible. Dave Batista dressed like motherfucking uh, Barry Manilow uh, <laughs> performing. A man Vegas. dressed like Pitbull, baby. Come on. <laughs> it's the worldwide. Uh, Kurt Angle 
is retiring at WrestleMania. I'm, I'm glad he finally uh, admitted what we all wanted to happen. I don't believe that shit, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think he had to beat Apollo Crews on, on Monday, though. Um, Here's the thing. I thought they could have gave that match a lot more time and a lot more competitive spirit to it. But then I don't think... You know what? I honestly don't think, and I love Apollo Crews, I don't think he's that type of opponent yet that... He can get a lot of the angle. Yeah, I mean, he... he I don't think, but I don't think it could be that back and forth thing. He hasn't yet had that kind of back and forth match yet. And he kind of hasn't established himself as that. Maybe he could do it. Don't get me wrong. Apollo Crews, you are nation. I remember it all. Um, <laughs> but I don't think he can. I, I want someone who's going to give Kurt the match of his life, but also Kurt is 50 years old. Um, so the match of his life may be the match that of his life <laughs> yeah um but i still want to see it you know i kind of want to see that back and forth kurt angle i kind of i'm kind of mad we're not going to get kurt angle versus daniel bryan ever um i think daniel could get a hell of a match out of kurt yeah i think so too i think his mind just daniel bryan's mind and kurt angle's maniac mind um could get a great match out of one another like i was anticipating that i hope we end up seeing it but i'm not mad if we don't uh, I think the biggest storyline of, of the night was that I think we do have two uh, directions for Roman. Um, one of them will be Roman versus Drew McIntyre uh, at WrestleMania. I think that's definitely a, a lock at this point. Drew basically gave them a CTE. Uh, I, I, one thing I do love about Roman in this second comeback, um, they've made him a lot more sympathetic and people believe it now. Yeah. It, it's, it's actually like very interesting to see how they book him. Like you've never seen a Roman angle where he had to walk off and, and have the trainers next to him. And I think that makes Drew look better by comparison. And it makes Roman a better baby face. I, I think if you have Roman in this position where he, they doubt that he can win, it will get more uh, support behind him when he eventually does win instead of making it a foregone conclusion. I loved the segment with Drew and I love what came after with Dean. They're setting Drew up to be a fucking killer. And I, I really like it. I'm I love Drew. I'm interested in like are we going all the way? I want to know if we're going all the way with Drew because I you know, especially as champion, you know. I I really want I'm really interested in seeing if we're going all the way with him or if this is just like we're building this guy up to get beaten down by somebody else cuz that's kind of it, it, it could definitely I don't be see a, him in a Rusa. I don't see him in a Rusa position. I don't see. I don't see that for him. Interesting. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely see. We'll definitely see. Come, you know. I think this year should be Drew's year. To be honest with you, if he's going to win, a, you know, a, a major championship or anything like that, I think this should be the year because he's really on a tear right tear right now. Like he's really killing it right now. Yeah, I, I think he looked really great at the end of Raw. And if if this was the write-off to Dean Ambrose, what a way to go out. I, I thought, you know, usually I, I sleep through Dean Ambrose matches, uh, but he he thrives in no DQ matches, and, and this was no different. I, I thought the uh, the rail, him being trapped in the railing and then getting hit with the Claymore was, a per, was an excellent spot. I thought it was a great spot. And I also love Drew's just brutality in the match. I think that if you set up someone like Drew as someone who could actually hurt Roman and put him on the shelf, people are already conditioned to think of Roman as someone who is not 100% yet. You know, right. even though he is, obviously. 
But, you know, the, the perception is that he might not be ready yet. And having Drew be the person that puts that in doubt, I think that'll set up for a really, really great fucking match. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the only other big thing on Raw is that Alexa Bliss is hosting it, which, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I agree. I mean, I agree. I don't even, uh, it's not much to talk about. SmackDown was predicated on 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 two big angles as well. Actually, three big angles. I thought the promos on this show were fucking amazing. Um, not as much action as Raw, but but definitely great promos. I mean, sometimes you need that on SmackDown. A lot of the things are action based. Um, SmackDown also has to tell a story, especially going into the biggest you know story driven show of the year, WrestleMania. And we kicked off the show with Shane McMahon talking about you know why he turned on the Miz essentially like, yo, I'm tired of doing stuff for people. Uh, everyone asks me to do stuff and then I do it and I'm supposed to be cool with it. Nah, like, sure. I mean, sure. Just turn. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I, I love the, the McMahon. It depends McMahon. though. It depends though. The Shane McMahon as a heel back in the day, you really want to kick his ass. Cause he was like this punk kid, you know, he was this punk kid who was running around, jumping around. He had hops. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, but he bought all that stuff. Like he was, he, he, he was essentially bought to become a wrestler. Like now he's kind of like grumpy old man, you know, I, I like the cockiness of it. And I love the, the idea that he is so upset at the, the love that um, the Mrs. Dad has for him. I think that's what's, pre- what's predicated on is that he's jealous. He's got all the money in the world. He does all this stuff, but he still can't find that love, you know? Listen, and, that best in the world trophy as well. It's uh, Yeah, yeah. It's and, still part of this. And I, I, I can't wait to see what Miz has, says in retaliation. I'm, I'm thinking a really good promo next week from The Miz. Uh, but I, I also loved in that promo, he ordered The Miz to face him at WrestleMania. And you don't get that too much. It's like even McMahon should do it. It's just like he's just kind of like, okay, this is the match. Shane McMahon said, you work for me and I order you to be in this match at WrestleMania. And, and I, I was short, sweet to the point. I loved it. I like it. Uh, another, another huge kind of promo that uh, went on here was Randy Orton and, and uh, AJ Styles, which, which is yet another Mania. Like, SmackDown was all about setting up the Mania matches. And yeah, other, because other than the women's title, they have everything set at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, I could go for a few more SmackDown matches, but... Um, that Randy Orton and AJ Styles, I mean, they've been, you know, you know, brushing each other, brushing around each other for the past couple of weeks. Now we finally got to the actual match itself. Um, Randy Orton, you know, says, listen, you say you are the guy that smacked down, you know, uh, you are um, the, the what's what's AJ Styles thing? SmackDown the house built. that the house that the AJ Styles built. SmackDown is the house that AJ Styles built. Well, I've been here since 2002, and guess what I was doing in 2002 while he was wrestling, you know, for ten bucks. I was debuting on SmackDown, and in 2004, where he was wrestling at bingo halls, and I was becoming the youngest world champion. In 2005, when I was yeah. main eventing against Russell, you know, against the Undertaker, you were wrestling for Dixie Carter and, and, and getting tans with Dixie Carter in Florida. It's crazy how I actually remember this promo because Randy Orton promos bother and bore me. But <laughs> bother and bore. But I, he, he brought he, it. He brought it. I mean, it it, it seems like genuine. It, it came from their facts were stated. I mean, not <laughs> all the facts, but, you know, not all the $10 thing. Maybe he was wrestling with $10. Who knows? 2002 was kind of crazy. But facts were brought. Timeline. Why he has, a, he has a genuine gripe in terms of this is the house that I've built. 
And now you're coming in here and you don't belong. So guess what? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how it's done. Man, AJ can make anybody, pretty much anyone look good, except for Kevin Owens. Uh, I, I think that he can make Randy Orton look like the old days again, man. I, I really do um, love the idea and I love the direction for this for this feud. It doesn't need, like a lot of the SmackDown feuds, they don't need a lot of a lot of oil to cook them, you know, like so to speak. Like they're they're very, very like, okay, this is what it is. This is the match. Let's get to the match. And that's the one thing I love about the builds to all of these matches so far. It's like we know that they're coming. Let's just get to the match already. Like that, that and that's one thing that that's kind of confusing me with this Oscar program because it's like they're building instead a Mandy Sonia program instead of an Oscar one. And it's almost making me feel as though Oscar's going to be facing both of them. At WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like she's going to be facing both of them at WrestleMania. There, there doesn't seem to be any other, you know, alternative. Um, but it looks like Oscar versus Sonia Deville. I mean, a lot, some people are saying Lacey Evans. Who um, didn't show up on the show. She's all, she's exclusively damn. She exclusively showed up on raw. This this week, she has, she even has a little thing, a little you know, a little jazz on the on the bottom of the screen. But yep, um, Oscar versus Sonya versus uh, Mandy. Mandy makes sense. I mean, again, it makes sense the way that they position Mandy and Sonya in the elimination chamber. Uh, we have been saying for months that they seem to be the projects on SmackDown. For, you know, that are next in line. Working with Oscar would be a good idea. I just think that like if this is the case. Oscar needs more, you know, I'm like, I'm not mad at the match, but this isn't to me. It's not like I would have just loved them to bring Natty over if that was the case. And I know she's not really liked by a lot of people, but like, I, I thought that would have been a lot hotter than what we, it looks like we're getting here. I'm, I'm very like not impressed with what they're doing to Oscar right now. And, and it's like, you took Charlotte away from her. So she has really nowhere to go. She's in her own orbit. It's not, it's no fault of her own. She's not like not hot. People do love her. They do believe in her. It's just like, keep throwing like bullshit at her i I don't i don't understand it i think this is a stalling game until whatever the shakeup is and then we'll get some sizable opponents for oscar i hope so i think um i think this is gonna we're gonna get something in the shakeup i think we're gonna get some women on monday on on smackdown some different type of women i do think one of sonia and and mandy will not last together on the same roster after the shakeup i think we're gonna split them apart and this is kind of where it's heading um and then we'll have some confusing match at Backlash where both are in different brands but still having the match, whatever. Um, but, I mean, Oscar versus Sony versus Mandy, no, I mean, I, I understand it. I mean, but, yeah, I'm, I'm also not as excited. But, I mean, impress me, you know, by all means. like Sure. By all means, impress me. I mean, do some cool shit, to be honest with you. Uh, we also had a, a another Becky Lynch. Listen. Becky Lynch and Charlotte, I'm sold. I don't need to see no more. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, like, it's really on every show. <laughs> like you know, like even with even with Ronda's promo on Monday, I don't need to see no more. Like y'all could take two weeks off. I'm I'm cool with it. Like I I don't need no more promos. I don't need no more Twitter shit. I don't need no more shit between them. Like the story again. I'm not a big fan of the story, and I, I think I just want to see the match. Like this has been going on for a really long time, and you know what's funny? Like someone even said this. Like by the time we get to the video package, we'll have forgotten all about it because the video package will con- will con- condense every single thing that we love, like we loved about this feud, and make us believe why we loved it in the first place. But for, as far as the week to week, I'm good. I don't need like Becky said nothing in this promo <laughs> on Tuesday. Yeah, said nothing really. I mean. 
a lot of this has been fueled just by the promos. A lot of things have just been fueled by things like that. I'm, I, yeah, I don't think we need to see it on both on both rosters really every week. I don't think we need. I think we could dedicate this time to having some other people in the ring or longer matches or something like that. But I don't know if we need to see this every week. I don't know if we see, need to see Becky Lynch and Charlotte on both shows every week heading into WrestleMania, but it is the main event. They're really trying to put over as the main event. If this is all because it's the main event, I understand. Yeah. And it is, it will be the main event. Unless somehow it surprises me in Roman versus Drew main events, WrestleMania. (laughs) Because I don't even think Roman will want that. (laughs) Roman's going to be like, yo, (laughs) bruh. (laughs) Nah, Roman's not going to, he's not going to allow that. I I know it for a fact. He's not going to allow that. Uh, We also have, uh, a we had a another uh, tag match between U.S. title contenders. Rey Mysterio did pin Samoa Joe on this show. And Very interesting. Number one contender, Abby. Yeah, it makes me wonder what they're doing with Andrade and Ray going into Mania. I'll be honest, do the Fatal Four Way again at Mania. I, I could I could watch that a million times. <laughs> or a ladder match. Yeah, a ladder match. A ladder match. I could do. I, I could watch the Fatal Four a million times. Somehow, our truth or mysterious Mojo Andrade has managed to just deliver. You could throw two more people in that. I don't care. It seems it's just good. It, it just works, is. Yeah. It does work. I, I will say that it does work. Uh, we also had uh, Daniel Bryan uh, and Rowan versus Kevin Owens and Mustafa Ali, which is a pretty solid match. Again, Mustafa taking the pin. They are protecting the shit out of Kevin Owens because every time he every time he misses a pin, he's like on the outside selling. Uh, pretty solid. It, it firmly puts Ali out of the uh, contention because, you know, a lot of people were mad that Ali was put into the title match. He pinned Brian, guys. This is why they put him in the match. He beat Brian. I think he pinned him in a tag match, too. Brian got his wins back. This is literally what it was for. Uh, then you had the, the Kofi promo at the end where Vince proposed a WrestleMania opportunity for him. Before we get to what the opportunity is, uh, your thoughts on the Kofi promo? So... Beyond just the Kofi promo, I think this entire Kofi program, um, it's they're doing the right thing. Yeah, they're doing the right thing in terms of giving this time and giving Kofi a lot more ammunition for it to eventually blow up. And if it does happen at Mania, it'll be rightfully deserved. And if it doesn't happen at Mania, you'll still feel the way it did because it'll be a major travesty. And I think that's the best we can hope for in terms of them building this feud because they want to put real human, live, incredible emotion into it. And I thought the things that they did on Fastlane, the very small things, it, you know, it, it wasn't a major program, but it still advanced the program um, by having like Kofi, like he's he's waiting in front of Vince room. For some reason, he doesn't have the courage to go on. Biggie's like, yo, you know, man, if you don't get in that damn room, I love that. Um, yeah. and, and just like from really, that, from, from that night to Monday or to Tuesday, him actually speaking for itself. Right. Great. It, and then we get on Tuesday, we get, first of all, when Vince McMahon is involved in your program, you know, your money, Yep, like your money and, and Vince McMahon, I mean, he comes out, he's like, listen, I created everything. You don't like Everything is because of because of me, and I just don't think you're the guy. But you're gonna have to prove to me that you're uh, you're the guy. You've done great, but he's like, let me tell you what Daniel Bryan told me. Daniel Bryan told me you're nothing but a B plus player, and I said, oh, full circle. There we are. Full circle. What a dickhead. Full full circle moment there. 
I love the parallels to that. <clears throat> I know a lot of people, and listen, I get your reservations about where this program is going. I don't see this program going any other way than what you want this program to go. You know what I'm saying? Like it's literally going the way that you want it to go. I'm glad, I'm glad it wasn't a fast lane. Remember I was saying that a couple of weeks ago, it cannot be a fast lane. It can't be. You don't want them to win it there. You want them to win it where, where it matters. You want Kofi to get a singular, a singular entrance at a huge show at WrestleMania. This is a guy who's been here for 11 years, never got this opportunity. They're giving him his first opportunity at the biggest show of the year. Are you fucking kidding me? You wanted it to be at Fastlane? I mean... <laughs> the fuck? They've made it more important in just a week. Way more important. They know what they're doing. It, it, and, and, I, and I know you said it last week, like the, the venue doesn't matter. The, to them... To the importance of what it is and, and what he'll be able to say when he gets into the fucking Hall of Fame, that's going to be the moment. It's not going to be, yeah, I, I did the fast lane. It's going to be, I did it in fucking MetLife Stadium. I won it in front of 60, 70,000 people. That's what's important. I'm, a, I'm all in on this program. I think people need to calm down, let it play out. Continue to let it play out because, I mean, I think rightfully, I mean, people are definitely scarred by... Booker T and, and you know we're talking about Booker T and the WWE Championship I don't think it's as extreme as that no and, and to be honest with you and to be honest with you from where I think the Triple H then and the Daniel Bryan now are two totally different stars mm-hmm. and I think Triple H then did not have confidence that Kofi Kingston or, or Booker T rather could do what he did and I think the the result was the reason why the result was the way it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you know, I feel like Triple H had a lot of biases and things like that, but I, I don't know the true story. I feel like Daniel Bryan is someone who's very aware and he knows this moment. And he's someone who, if it came to the opportunity of like, I think Kofi should win it, I think Daniel Bryan would absolutely be that person. Be like, I think that he's... I think they're absolutely and, and not to say it's for that. and I and not to say that it's Daniel Bryan's, you know, Decision. it's his call. It's yeah. not his call. It's Vince McMahon's call. But I, I don't feel like he would have a problem with it. I don't think anyone has a problem with it to legitimately think that at WrestleMania, think of it at WrestleMania. I know this is running through Kofi Kingston's mind right now. WrestleMania, the main event. This is what we've been hoping for for years with the New Day. A singular event. We, everyone anticipated maybe it's going to be Big E. It is Kofi Kingston. One singular entrance. His entrance. His walk down to the ring. His moment. The moment that defines his career. This is the biggest moment of Kofi Kingston's career for the last 11 years. This is the biggest moment. It doesn't get any bigger than this. It probably will not get any bigger than this. This is the run this is the moment i can imagine him walking in at metlife stadium by himself even if he is with new day around him at the end of the day it's in the ring by himself he stands across from the wwe champion one man having this match what this means to him what this means to people what this means to everybody this might be might be the most important WWE Championship match in quite some time. Just from the genuine feel and the genuine involvement of the people in it. Everyone knows and everyone feels very strongly about this match. And, 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 and I do too. I, I, I think that 
Well, I mean, to be fair, he's not in the match yet because next week he's got a uh, a, gauntlet. a gauntlet match. So he he's, has to. Have to you ever played WWF No Mercy for N sixty four? Yes. Have you ever like lost a match and then you kind of went on the story like you went left on the story? <laughs> That's kind of where he's like he's like tripped off into some shit because I've never seen this type of story just in my life. So he has to face Randy Orton, Samoa Joe. Rowan and the bar next week in order to get his chance gauntlet match to, to face uh, Daniel Bryan. I don't know how they're going to pace this match. I, cause I think there's probably one more program they need to put out for WrestleMania, but uh, we'll see what, we'll see how they set that up next week. Um, should be really good. Should be very, very emotional. Um, I expect SmackDown to grab your Kleenexes next week. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that. I, I think that we're in for something very, very good next week. Um, but yeah, I, I love the promo here. I, I think that there's nothing for anyone to worry about. They're doing this the right way. They're damn near making him the Black Daniel Ryan, and I think that's the best way to do it. This isn't a this isn't a situation where he's getting fucking cold. They're literally crafting a storyline and giving him all the right ingredients that they would give. You and know it's what? It's not even close to WrestleMania. I mean, it's close to WrestleMania. We have three, four weeks till WrestleMania. But at the same time, it's like, how are you getting cold? We're building for this right now. Yet yeah. another championship match two days ago that they have to build towards. He's fine. Yeah, I, and I, I absolutely agree. And I think that they're doing the right thing. Um, it, it's all good in the hood. I think right. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be great. Do you um, think the five do you think the five main gauntlet is a little bit of an overkill? I felt like if it was just like you have to prove yourself against Randy Orton, and Randy Orton is kind of the guy that's been giving Kofi Kingston nightmares over the last 10 years. I thought that would have been good enough. I mean, to me, the five guys is a little bit of an overkill, but I get what they're going for. The yeah, um, insurmountable odds of Vince McMahon. Um all guys that he's he's faced before too. I mean, the bar beat. Uh, he has storylines with all these guys. Randy, uh, that that whole thing in two thousand nine. Um, Rowan, obviously the Brian Angle, the bar. That's who beat the New Day for the uh, and, and and crushed their record. Right. So it, it's right. it's story with all of them. He has a story with all of them, and and I think if they can weave all of that in, it's going to be great. But I mean, I I predict it now. I think every person that has a issue with the enemy or, or the people he's facing off with will help him. And I think that all the, cause it's not, it's not unusual that AJ Styles is talking about Kofi Kingston and his uh, backstage promos. I'll just say that much. I right. do think he will help. Um, but yeah, that, that was SmackDown and raw for the week. And that is uh, the A show. Do you want to talk about the, the NXT spoilers really quick? Yeah. Let's talk about NXT spoilers a little bit. Um, if you don't want to hear it, just turn the show off now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for showing up. We love you. Um, uh, happy happy Rusev Day. Day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they are, you know, Champa is injured. They did figure out the uh, the direction next week. They set up an, a fatal five way between Aleister Black, Ricochet, Matt Riddle, Velveteen Dream, and Adam Cole. Adam Cole does win this match next week, and it will be Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole for the NXT title at uh, TakeOver New York in a two out of three falls match. I love this idea. I love it. NXT Brooklyn is where I saw Adam Cole make his debut for it to come full circle and him the challenge for the NXT championship at TakeOver New York against Johnny Gargano, the most plucky face that NXT has ever had. Uh, it's incredible. I can't wait to see it. I almost think I, he has to win the match. but uh, I, He we'll has to, to win the match. He has to win the match. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we'll get to that when we get – because, I mean, I think, I think Cole and um, – I think Cole and, and uh, Gargano is, is it's a good match or a good feud to have, I think, going into uh, 
into the the spring and the, and the summer. Um, and it, honestly, honestly, it might be a blessing in disguise because between Chomp and Gargano, one of them would have had to stay in NXT. <laughs> yep. And right. and now we kind of get rid of both of them. Like I think they heard our wrap it up button and it was like, you know what? Let's wrap it up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and I mean, Johnny can still go up after Toronto, I think. Uh, in, in in August, uh, they also announced a fatal four way for the women's title: Shanna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and uh, Kyrie Sane will will be the direction there. Not sure how I feel, and, I, and again we'll we'll talk about it when we get there. But I'm not sure how I feel about uh, Shanna potentially losing that in a multi woman match. I think that I, it should be you know definitive when you beat her, but uh, you know it is what it is. Um, and you also had uh, Ricochet. And Alistair Black winning the Dusty, uh, the Dusty Classic in the finals to face War Raiders at NXT uh, Takeover, uh, and what will probably be their their final takeover. Uh, what a way to go out, though! They'll they'll have a great match with those guys. You know, I'm just glad it's not the Forgotten Sons, but I think this is going to be. Whew, first of all, the weekend that Alistair Black and Ricochet are about to have, dog, <laughs> it's about to be nuts for them. Nuts. Like Friday night, they get a break on Saturday night because everyone's going to the Hall of Fame. And then Sunday night at WrestleMania, where they will no doubt should be. There's no doubt in my mind that they should be on the WrestleMania card. They have to be. Um, it's just an incredible weekend. And but honestly, I think the Raw those tag team matches on Raw and SmackDown, there's no there's no one on NXT that should beat them after the run that they've been having. Yeah. yeah um sure. it, it it just is what it is. Uh, but yeah, that that seems to be uh, pretty much the full card for. Oh, and also Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream was confirmed. I think I think we all knew that was the direction. Uh, That's that to, to pop the crowd. That's yeah. really to pop the crowd. That seems to be the direction for. Th- listen, this takeover is the strongest any. I think this looks like the strongest takeover since New Orleans of last year. It has the potential to be just as good as well. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. Um, also, shout to shout to Chris CRS underscore one on Twitter. You revealed to me or at least made it known that nxt's 500th episode will be at that barclays taping so oh shit they might be some special interested in what they what we get for that but we'll also get on the card i believe we're also getting on the card walter versus fucking oh wow holy shit this could no fuck that this could be better than new orleans it's walter versus pete dunn bro oh my god i forgot Walter versus pete dunn holy shit Oh, I'm saying it right now on paper. This is show of the year oh. on paper. Oh. Come so, on. yes, when, when the time comes, we, we will give our predictions on that. Uh, but in case you uh, did stick through this, the spoilers or did fast forward, that is the end of the show for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Next week, we will have the Mark Madness round three results. We will have more news. Uh, and, and, you know, our thoughts, uh, FDM segment, if need be, AEW watch, if need be, uh, check out our channel, uh, on SoundCloud at the A show RNC, check us out on iTunes, Google play Stitcher and Spotify. Of course, uh, we will be coming out with a new episode of spot callers this month coming very, very soon. And, uh, yeah, we have another special episode of the A show coming up as well, uh, by the end of the month. So, you know, anything else, Mills? let's see i mean continue to rate us on itunes absolutely subscriber square up and tell a friend subscriber square up um you've got make sure you listen to spot callers listen to spot callers that last weekend it was very very good thank you um make sure you listen to the lookout also very good um best fits in dragon ball i don't care who's mad about it 
<laughs> um, turn up. Um, make sure you listen to Two Belts next Sunday. It is the last episode of Two yes. Belts. Yes. It, it is the final episode of Two Belts podcast. Um, so it should be a doozy. And, you know, RSPN, of course, always stalwart, perfect play, always there, just needed. Um, playlists, we got them on Decky. Um, that Hot 97 is here. Um, spring Bling Black. <laughs> spring, spring Bling Black. Spring Bling. <laughs> spring Bling. <laughs> Your mother say spring rolls in this bitch. Um, <laughs> spring Bling Black. Um, we'll be out on Friday, so make sure if you got spring break or anything like that, we got you covered. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's everything RNC Radio. Make sure you follow RNC Radio Live on t- Twitter at RNC Radio Live on Twitter. So, yes, now that, that is a fucking handful. All right, guys, until next week, we are both exhausted for meals. I'm Justin. Peace out. Happy Rusev Day. <laughs>